0: A viewer named Steven emailed me recently asking me about an ETF. It's called Avantis All Equity Markets ETF. It was launched just this year. Here's what Steven had to say. He said, a huge fan of your channel, I was wondering if you could make a video going over AVGE, that's the ticker, AVGE, Avantis All Equity Markets ETF. I believe many viewers would be uh, be interested in hearing your thoughts about this fund as sort of a one-stop-shop equity ETF, and so that's what we're going to cover in today's video. My name is Rob Berker. This is the Financial Freedom Show where we talk about investing and retirement and maybe even more than just retirement, achieving financial freedom. If that's of interest to you, I encourage you to subscribe to the channel. I also send out a free uh, newsletter every Sunday uh, with articles that I think are useful for those topics. And uh, you can subscribe to that in the link below this video. So let's dive right in. Avantis is a relatively new uh, fund company. We'll actually talk a bit about its history and sort of why it came into being in, in just a minute, but its newest ETF is a world stock ETF. The idea is you can just invest in this one fund and you get exposure to both US stocks and stocks of companies headquartered uh, outside the United States. In theory, you could just use this for your stock uh, allocation in your portfolio and, and nothing else. And the question becomes, all right, well, how do they construct this portfolio and is it is it worth considering Uh, for really taking over all of the uh, equity in our portfolio. So let me actually show it to you now. Here we go. This is the Avantis website. I'll leave links to all of this uh, below the video. Let me pull it up a little bit so you can see it. So the first thing I always look at is expense ratio. So this one, the net expense ratio, is 23 basis points. Now, all things considered, that's not unreasonable. Things to keep in mind, though, I think the the fund industry and financial management industry in in general tries to condition us to think that maybe even 1% is reasonable. The reality is a 1% fee, whether it's from a fund or an investment advisor, is nothing short of outrageous. 23 basis points is not outrageous, but it is significantly higher than other options. For example, Vanguard uh, has a fund that covers all equities across the globe. It's ticker VT. We'll actually look at it briefly, perhaps in a minute, uh, it's seven basis points. So I don't see 23 basis points as uh, ruling this ETF out as as possibly a reasonable choice, but I do think it's at the high end. And that's how I think we should view these expenses because they really do take a chunk of our money uh, over time. Uh, As I mentioned, it's an all equity markets ETF. Now, what does that actually mean? Uh, We can look at its portfolio. This is a fund of funds. So here's its portfolio. It holds or owns 10 other Avantis funds. That's what it does. That's how it constructs the portfolio. And you can see uh, over here the name of the fund, which gives you an idea of what it invests in. So the the U.S. equity ETF is, you know, U.S. uh, companies. And you can see here the weight, 44.36%. The thing I want you to notice here, as we go down this list, uh, we have large cap value then there's international emerging market, then we have international large cap value. We have small cap value and then just small cap, then we have an emerging market value and an international small cap value. You'll notice in in that list, there's a lot of funds that are tilted towards value and and a a good number of funds that are are tilted towards uh, small companies. We're gonna talk about why that is. It's a really important thing to understand when it comes to Avantis and really all of their funds. Uh, And so we'll talk about that in a minute. Now, in terms of performance, we don't have much data. And the reason is, is the fund is uh, brand new. In fact, you can see, they don't have any year to date uh, uh, numbers. They don't even have three month numbers for for, for this fund yet, because it's that new. They have one month numbers. The thing I want to point out here is the benchmark. They're using the MSCIAC World Index. We can look at it here. There's a fact sheet. Again, I'll link to this below the video for those that are interested. But this is what they are using uh, as their benchmark. And so going forward, that would be the kind of thing that we might want to compare this fund to. I would also, by the way, compare it to VT, the fund I mentioned a moment ago. This is uh, Vanguard's Uh, sort of similar fund, but definitely uh, different in many ways, but that covers the entire uh, sort of global stock uh, market. But getting back uh, to Advantis, I think the first thing to note, and I'm gonna actually show you this in Morningstar because it's just a bit easier. Their US to non-US split, you can see it here, it's roughly 71, I think it's probably today, maybe closer to 72%, uh, and 28, maybe 27% Uh, non-U.S. equity. So that is uh, notably less than VT. VT is not, I I wouldn't call it significantly different, but when we look at North America, it's around 65%. So VT has about 65%, we'll call it U.S. companies, and 35% uh, outside the U.S. Uh, The Avantis Fund says, yeah, that's, that's too much international for us. So at the moment, they're around 27%. International Now, in a perfect world, I'd like to keep my international exposure to around 20%. That's just my comfort level. There's not necessarily a right or wrong here. But it is one of the things that you need to keep in mind if you're going to consider any sort of global stock uh, ETF. You have to kind of accept their allocation between US companies uh, and international based companies. Uh, for me, between the two, I would prefer Avantis because it's not it doesn't have as much international exposure as VT does. Now, given that though, there is one other thing we need to look at. This is uh, the summary pr- prospectus for the, Avant- the Avantis fund, and I'll, again, I'll leave a link to this below uh, the video. But the reason I point this out, you see US equities has a target weight here of 70%. And then you've got 17% for non-US developed countries and 10% for emerging markets. And then there's some real estate at the bottom. So this is their target, 70% um, US, 27% uh, international. You might throw this 3% into US potentially, but it's a relatively small amount. The thing I wanna point out though is, they also have a range. So why this might be their target The range can be significantly different. I mean, at the high end, the international could be what? As high as if you add these two together, you get 41%. Now, whether it will ever get that high at various times, who knows? Uh, But I do point that out that the the U.S. to non-U.S. allocation that exists today will change over time. Now, it may not change significantly. We'll see. We don't have a lot of history for this fund yet to know for sure but it will change from time to time, and at least in theory, according to their prospectus, it could change uh, pretty significantly. So that's something to keep in mind. Now, once we understand that, I think the bigger question is, how does Avantis decide on what goes into this fund? The thing to keep in mind is uh, this is, in theory, an actively managed fund. Now, they have systems that allow them to pick the the stocks uh, the, that they do. It's not tracking an index per se like VT is, uh, but but it is sort of tracking a a model that Avantis uses, and we have some insight into that model, not just for this fund but all of their funds. And it's something I think we need to understand when we when we consider any of their funds. And I want to show you uh, an article. This is. Uh, f- from their website, although it's at least at the moment not available on their website. When I go to the URL, I get an error. So I've taken that URL and put it into what's called the Wayback Machine, which uh, uh, sort of archives much of the internet. And so I'm able to see this article. I will leave a link to this so you can check it out yourself. Now I will tell you a lot of what's behind uh, the, the contents of this article. It's very sort of academic, academically based, but we can, maybe at a conceptual level, uh, let's talk about it. And then I'll point out a couple of things uh, in in that document uh, that can help you out. And of course, you can read it for yourself as well. So if we go back in in time, we think of someone, a, a professor named Sharp, who came out with what's called the capital asset pricing model. The idea behind it was to figure out, you know, what causes stock prices to go up and down and expected returns. And what he developed, uh let I mean, I'll call it fifty years ago or more, was this idea of, uh, there's a single factor and it, one way to understand it is is to think about investing in one company versus say the s and p five hundred. If we were to invest in Apple, there are going to be some risks in that investment that are unique to Apple, right? So maybe I don't know, the iPhone goes out of favor and no one wants to buy one anymore, or if it's Tesla. Uh, it's that you know something happens to Elon Musk and he can no longer lead the company. Th- those are risks that are very specific to uh, one company. Uh, we can compare that to market risks. You know, all stocks are just by virtue of the nature of their of of what they are, they have sort of a uh, a systemic risk that you can't really avoid. You can avoid the risks of an individual company by, for example, investing in the S and P five hundred. You can you can minimize those company specific risks, but you can't really avoid the market risk as a whole. And so the the CAPM, the capital asset pricing model, that was sort of the idea behind it. And sort of the takeaway was there's this one factor, this sort of market risk. And so your best bet just to own the market, which in in, in many ways is what came out of that research are the index funds that we know and love today. Think of the Vanguard uh, first uh, index fund uh, came out uh, after that research uh, in the 70s. It's a one-factor model. All right, well, a couple of guys named French and Fama uh, professors in 1993 came out with a paper and they said, you know, that factor is important, but we think there are two other factors that are also important. One of them is the size of the company. And they found that you can get some maybe extra return focusing on small companies versus big companies. Not exclusively, but perhaps tilting your portfolio towards small companies. And the other factor that they said matters is value, value versus growth, right? Value, you could think of it as companies that are undervalued relative to their their revenue and their earnings. And so they called called it the three-factor model. We had the sort of the the overall market risk that Sharp wrote about years earlier, and we've added small cap and value. Out of that research came Dimensional Funds Advisor, which is a, a fund family that you may be familiar with, DFA. And they had a lot of, you know, small cap and small cap value uh, funds that a lot of other uh, companies, including Vanguard, didn't didn't offer. And it was sort of based on that Fama French research. Well, guess what? Not to be outdone, Fama and French came back years later and said, you know, we had a three-factor model, but now we think it's a five-factor model. They added two factors that, generally speaking, had to do with a company's profitability. And they have ratios and formulas that they can use to evaluate this. But they said, look, small in value, important, but we also have to look at the nature of the profitability. And from that research, we have Avantis. They've sort of embraced that. And they they do some profitability analysis. And I can show you in this paper, for those that want to go research it later, two of the the key formulas or ratios that they look at are equity, which you could think of as book value divided by price and profits uh, divided by book value or or equity. And this paper goes into more detail on it, which I'll let you read if you're interested. By the way, I do think it also has a nice chart that shows sort of uh, a lot of the key uh, research and papers on, uh, on asset pricing. You can see actually Sharp is here, 1964. By the way, we can go all the way back to 1959 for Markowitz. And then we have the three factor model right in here. And then more recently, uh, you can see a lot of profitability research that's gone into it. They don't actually mention uh, Fama and French's five factor model, but basically the idea is we can go beyond small and value and look at the nature and and of the profitability of companies. And so that is what uh, they have done uh, in, in their funds. Now, the big question becomes, all right, Rob, appreciate that history. All I want to know is, is this going to outperform? Well, the short answer is, we don't know. There's no way to know. The the current fund that we're talking about was just launched. Now, some of the underlying funds that are in it have been around a little longer, but we're only talking a couple of years. So the reality is, any, any of the Avantis funds that you might want to invest in, you are taking a risk that the profitability analysis that they are doing in order to pick the companies that they're going to invest in is going to outperform on a risk-adjusted basis, say, a more standard plain vanilla index fund. I have no way to tell you if it's going to work or not, but it's something that you need to think about before you invest in any of their funds. Now, my sense is, even if it turned out that it didn't work, it wouldn't be disastrous. I don't see these funds uh, underperforming, say, their most comparable index by some wide margin. The bigger question though is why do you want to take the risk at all? I think in some of their funds, I think small cap value for example, they may give us exposure to small cap value in a way, you know, that other funds can't. Going back to this fund, the All Equities uh, ETF, I kind of feel the same way. When we look at their portfolio, let me go back to, we'll look at it again on their website, here it is, I like the fact that it emphasizes small cap uh, uh, stocks and and value oriented stocks more than say uh, VT does. VT certainly has exposure to small companies and value companies but but only as part of an overall index that's sort of covering the market. Now if you are a sort of diehard boglehead you would absolutely prefer something like VT Or maybe you construct it on your own with a U.S. stock fund and maybe an international stock fund where you can control how much is in each. But you're still just sort of covering the market. You're not trying to get fancy with three-factor and five-factor modeling and extra exposure to small cap and extra exposure to value. And I think that's probably, uh, you know, maybe I'll call it the safest way to go. Safest in the sense that. You're not making any bets one way or another. You're just buying the market. But for many folks, they do want that tilt towards small, smaller companies and value. Let's be honest, it's frankly because historically, those things have done well. Whether they'll do well in the future, well, your guess is as good as mine. Having said all of that, I do like this fund. I haven't invested in it. I'm not in any hurry to invest in it. I may or may not in the future. Uh, but I do like it as a, as a one-stop sh- place to get all of your equity exposure. Having said that, because it's unproven, because the fund family here is so new, I would not put all of my, uh, my um, equity exposure into this uh, fund or into this fund family. I'm just not confident enough. And that actually presents sort of a practical problem, because one of the benefits of a fund like this, just like VT, is that you can just put your, your stock allocation in one fund and be done with it. Eh, I'm just not comfortable, wouldn't be comfortable doing that until I had, had some better sense as to how these funds are going to perform. And that could take a long time. This is a new, uh, as I mentioned, a new fund family, and they're taking, I think, a unique approach to uh, constructing their portfolios. And you know, you know, so the, the real key is, I think, you are taking some risk in any of their funds that the approach they're taking maybe not doesn't work out uh, in in, in the, the long run. So that's my take on this fund is I like what they're doing. I like the small and value tilts. It's consistent with my own thinking on investing. I like its uh, U.S. versus international uh, percentages better than, say, VT, for example, although it's still a little rich on the international side. But I would say, it's for me, it's within the range of reasonableness. Um, and I even like that they're focused on profitability the way that they are. I think this has the potential of doing very well. The big caveat is it's all brand new. And sometimes new shiny things are not really worth uh, taking the, you know, the risk to, to to invest in. Ultimately, that's a decision you have to make for yourself. So that's my take on the portfolio or on the fund. A lot of good things with a lot of cautious, not so sure, brand new kind of concerns as well. Again, I'll link to everything I talked about and showed you in the video below the video. If you have any questions, leave them in the comments below. I'll do my best to help you out any way I can. And until next time, remember, the best thing money can buy is financial freedom.